Become a Leslie's Pro member, and with almost a 1,000 locations conveniently located less than 3 miles from your service route, you can quickly get in and out and take care of your customers. Get Skimmer, America's number one pool service software platform. Listeners of the podcast can try Skimmer for free. Visit my website, swimmingpoollearning.com, and click on the Leslie's Pro and the Skimmer banners to learn more. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. Hi, welcome to the Pool Guy Podcast Show. In this episode, I'm basically going to talk to you about picking your poison. And I mean this in the sense that whatever kind of sanitizer you're going to use for your pool, there's going to be some byproduct or side effect. So I'm going to go over the common sanitizers that you would use for your pool and the side effects of each one. Pool Service Pro, open a Leslie's Wholesale account today and receive wholesale pricing on products you use every day. Leslie's Pool Supply offers convenient locations that are open 7 days a week. Another great benefit of opening a Leslie's Wholesale account is Leslie's Referral Program. Get referred to a customer looking for weekly pool service. Also receive priority service, enhanced rebate programs, a discount on your general liability insurance through SPA, a discount on your pool riding software through Skimmer, and an opportunity to co-brand with Leslie's on your social media, website, truck, and more. Save time and money and grow your pool service route and become a Leslie's Pro. I think it's important to know that you're going to need some kind of sanitizer in the pool. Now, there are some non-chlorine type like by grenades, and you also have the ozone and UV AOP systems. And these advertise, of course, the ozone and UV advertise that you can run a really low chlorine level, like one part per million. I think some are advertising even less than that. And then the biguanides are a whole different way of disinfecting the pool without chlorine. And I think these methods do have some merit out there. But for the majority of people that are using their pool, there needs to be a sanitizer level of a certain range. And we kind of range this in part per million. And you may be familiar with the three parts per million of free chlorine. That's kind of industry standard. However, there are some caveats to that particular number there. But needless to say, you're going to need some kind of sanitizer to kill the bacteria and viruses, prevent algae from growing in the pool. And three parts per million has been the standard in the industry for a long time. And even with a UV and ozone system or AOP, I would still keep the pool at three parts per million if that's the level that actually is going to be effective. And as you may know from Bob Lowry's research and also hit the papers that he publishes in the books and articles, he talks about this ratio of free chlorine to cyanuric acid in his formula. Again, if you're just hearing this for the first time, is a free chlorine level of 7.5% of the cyanuric acid level. So if a pool has 50 parts per million of cyanuric acid, 7.5% of that is 3.75 or 4 parts per million just to make it easier. And if the cyanuric acid level is 100 parts per million, 7.5% is 7.5 parts per million. So the three parts per million has been an industry standard, but that was before the relationship with cyanuric acid and free chlorine was really unpacked and dissected. So I don't think that should be your standard anymore, but that goes to say that you're going to need some kind of sanitizer in the pool to bring the free chlorine level up or keep it at a certain level. Let's say that you wanted to keep it at four parts per million. What would be your choice as a sanitizer? And you have a few choices. You have the trichlor tablets. You have the Calhypo tablets and Calhypo shock. You have liquid chlorine. You have dichlor. You have the saltwater generators. And you now have the chlorine genie, which I think is a viable option also that I should mention. 
to introduce chlorine into your pool or a chlorine type product or a sanitizer in general. So these particular byproducts are not really discussed when you go to buy the product, but you should be aware of the byproducts of every chlorine type. So you can make an educated decision of which chlorine type or which combination of two chlorine types or sanitizers you want to use in your pool. I'm going to just use chlorine types and sanitizers interchangeably here so that there's no confusion. I basically am talking about a chlorine you're going to be adding to your pool when I use that term. The first one I think we should talk about is the trichlor tablets. You probably are aware if you haven't had your head in the sand forever, or if maybe you're a new pool owner, you're not aware of this fact. So one of the main ingredients of the trichlor tablets is cyanuric acid, and the chemical name is trichlorocyanuric, and so it does have cyanuric acid in there, or trichloroestrizantitronine. I think I pronounced that correctly. And this means that one of the elements in there is cyanuric acid. So how much cyanuric acid is in a tablet? I would say in most cases, you're looking at at least half of the weight of the tablet is cyanuric acid. So if you have an 8-ounce tablet, 4 ounces of that is cyanuric acid that you're adding to the water. The problem with this, of course, is that the more cyanuric acid you add to the pool, the higher the free chlorine level you're going to need to keep in that pool. And as you may or may not know, the cyanuric acid does not evaporate out of the pool. So the other way you can reduce the cyanuric acid level is to drain the pool partially or completely to lower the cyanuric acid level. Now, if you get away from using the trichlor tablets for a season and say you switch over the calhypo tablets, which don't, which don't have any kind of cyanuric acid in them or liquid chlorine for that matter, the cyanuric acid level seems to deteriorate on its own. So if you ended the season at 200 parts per million, you didn't drain your pool I would guarantee you that if you go through another season without adding more cyanuric acid to that pool, you will notice that the cyanuric acid level is dropping in that pool, even without draining that pool. And that's because you're not adding more cyanuric acid. And this will eventually cause it to get to a normal level without draining it. Although you may need to drain the pool to accelerate it. So the cyanuric acid in the pool by itself is not a bad thing. Too much cyanuric acid in the pool is a bad thing because then you're going to have to keep the free chlorine level up higher and higher. For example, if you get to 200 parts per million of cyanuric acid in a pool, that means you have to keep the free chlorine level at 14 parts per million for it to be effective. And that's why a lot of times when you're using trichlor in a pool, the chlorine level may be at 5 parts per million, but you're still getting algae in there, you're still getting a lot of bad water quality issues or suffering from bad water quality issues. And there's just not enough free chlorine in that pool because the cyanuric acid level is over 100 or 200 and you're going to need more free chlorine. And you're going to have to add more tablets and more shock to the pool to maintain it. And this is a vicious cycle that can only be ended by you, again, partially draining the pool or moving away from the trichlor tablets that have cyanuric acid in them. And since I'm talking about what's called stabilized chlorine, the trichlor tablets, Dichlor is also another chlorine type that has stabilizer in it or cyanuric acid, and the chemical name is sodium dichlorocyanate. So you get an idea that in the name itself, there's cyanuric acid, and dichlor actually has more cyanuric acid in it than trichlor has. Now, there are uh, some benefits of dichlor with the cyanuric acid content that high. For one thing, the pH is about 6.8, so it's about pH neutral as you can get with a chlorine type. And therefore, if you need to bring the cyanuric acid level up in the pool, so if you have a pool that needs a shock or needs chlorine in it, but it also has low cyanuric acid, let's say it's around 20 parts per million, you can actually add dichlor to that pool and kind of calculate that if you add 10 pounds of dichlor, you're going to be adding 5 or 6 pounds of cyanuric acid, 
which means that you're doing both things at the same time. And again, I mentioned that Dichlor is pH neutral, so you can put it directly in just about any surface type. I would caution you on putting this in a vinyl liner pool, but besides that, any other surface type would be perfectly fine to put the Dichlor granulars in there. It's not going to damage or burn the surface, and it dissolves really quickly. So it's a good way to add cyanuric acids to the pool. It's a pretty expensive way to chlorinate a pool because dichlor is probably more expensive than trichlor pound for pound. And then you're adding all that cyanuric acid and you're having the same side effects as the trichlor with the dichlor. So it's another stabilized chlorine type that I think you want to use sparingly. But know that dichlor has cyanuric acid in it even more than trichlor. Now we're moving into the unstabilized chlorine types, which is liquid chlorine and calhypo. Liquid chlorine is sodium hypochlorite, and the word sodium should give you some hint of the byproduct of liquid chlorine, which is sodium. So you're adding about 17 parts per million of sodium per 10,000 gallons of pool, per 10,000 gallons of water, I should say, when you add a gallon of 12.5% liquid chlorine to the pool, you're going to be adding 17 parts per million of salt. And this in itself is not too bad, except that salt is part of your TDS, total dissolved solids. We don't know what that is. That's just everything left behind in the pool when, it, when everything pure evaporates. And as the TDS level builds up, when it gets above like 2,000 and close to 3,000, the water gets a little funky and it's kind of hard to maintain it. You're going to find sometimes that the chlorine burns off really quickly. You may see odd stains on the cleaner, odd stains on the wall. Things like this are very common when the TDS level gets really high in the pool. I really don't know a better way to term it. The water just gets kind of funky when the TDS level gets really high. If you ever had a saltwater pool on your route and you had a saltwater system that stopped working, the TDS, and I'll touch on the saltwater generator a little bit later here, the TDS level is probably at 5,000 with all that salt in there. And without the saltwater generator working, you'll find that it's really hard to maintain any kind of chlorine level or keep algae out and just balance that pool water with the TDS so high. So it does have an important factor, or it is an important factor, in your water balancing. It's not a huge factor. So the salt is not a, really a big deal if you do partial drains. And if you stop using liquid chlorine in the wintertime, let's say that in the winter you go maybe with calhypo or with a trichlor tablet and a floater, then you're minimizing the amount of salt you're adding in the wintertime. And besides that, you don't need a lot of chlorine in the wintertime. And so even if you stick with liquid, you may be adding a gallon every month or every six weeks. So it's not a huge deal. Just know that you're adding a lot of salt to the pool if you're strictly using liquid chlorine to sanitize the pool. Another unstabilized chlorine type is calhypo or calcium hypochlorite, which is the chemical name. And you see the word calcium there. And that means that the byproduct of calhypo is calcium. So for every pound of calhypo that you're adding to a 10,000 gallon body of water, you're adding about eight parts a million of calcium to that water. So if you have a, you know, 10,000 gallon pool and you use 20 pounds of calhypo in the season, you're adding 160 parts per million of calcium to that pool, which is in itself not a bad thing unless your calcium level is already at four or 500. And a high calcium level does have an effect on the pool surface by causing scale in a lot of cases. And it makes it sometimes harder to balance the pool where you're going to have to keep the pH a lot lower to keep the LSI in check with a high calcium hardness level. And so if you have a pool with less hard, hard water, then using calhypo as a regular sanitizer is not a big deal. But if your pool already has a high calcium level, you want to use calhypo sparingly. Calhypo comes in two forms. It's a powdered shock 
And you can buy this in one pound bags or in a bucket. And you can just use the scooper to get a pound of it to measure it. Or it comes in tablet form. And these are unstabilized tablets, which are really good and a good alternative to trichlor. But then again, you're adding calcium to the pool. You're not adding cyanuric acid. So again, pick your poison. You want to add calcium or cyanuric acid. And that would be your choice of sanitizer there. And I think CalHypo is a good alternative because it's not adding a lot to the pool except calcium. And that can, of course, be countered by draining the pool and refilling it. In fact, any of these byproducts, the salt from chlorine, the cyanuric acid from dichlor and, and trichlor, and the calcium can all be countered by draining some of the water and refilling the pool either partially or completely. So the byproducts can be eliminated with draining the water out of the pool. So it's not like it's something that stays in the pool and there's no way to get rid of it. That's not the case. There is a way to get rid of it. It's just going to be you draining some water out of the pool to reduce the byproduct that's in the water. I know I touched briefly on the salt water generator and the salt content. Let me just kind of unpack the salt water generator for you or the salt water pool. Basically, the side effect of the salt water pool is that you're actually going to be putting in all the salt in the water ahead of time. So unlike leucochlorine where you're adding salt gradually, with the salt water pool, you're just going to cut to the chase and add all the salt all at one time. So you might be adding four, five, six hundred pounds of salt in there because what you're going for is a salt level of three to four thousand parts per million, depending on the salt water generator, what they call for. Look at the owner's manual to get the exact salinity level you're looking for. And by the way, that's what they call it. They call it the salinity level, which is the amount of salt in the pool. So regardless, you're going to be putting in a lot of salt. And if you're wondering how to calculate your TDS, because I mentioned that salt is an element of that, salt in the salt water pool will bring your TDS levels to 4,500 or 5,000 parts per million. It's really not a bad thing as long as the salt water generator is working and continuously converting that salt to chlorine and then back again the salt. But if you don't have the generator connected or working, all that salt in the water does affect that pool water. So just be aware of that fact. So the byproduct of a saltwater pool is, of course, salt because you're going to be adding all that salt to the water ahead of time so that the saltwater generator or salt cell can convert that salt to chlorine and back again the salt. And I think one of the things you have to be aware of is that that water could be corrosive to some equipment. And there's been studies on the corrosion of saltwater pools. And I've had my share of corrosion out there when the salt level gets above 5,000 parts per million. And you may ask, well, how does that happen? If you're reading the salt level wrong, you're adding more salt to the pool. Or if you don't know how the system works and you're having a problem, you think just adding salt to the pool is going to help. I've had accounts where I've taken over accounts where they were at 6,000 parts per million because the technician kept on adding salt to the pool, thinking that would solve the problem. So this does happen out there. I think at a certain level, about 5,000 parts per million, they consider the pool water corrosive at that point. So just be aware that you're writing a fine line with a saltwater pool and adding too much salt to the pool can cause corrosion with any kind of equipment that has any kind of metal or stainless steel in it. So just be aware of the corrosion in the water with the saltwater generator. And I mentioned the chlorine genie, which is a device where actually all the salt for the saltwater pool is in the actual device, or they call it the brine tank. So the chlor chlorine genie looks like a water cooler kind of thing without the top on, of course, and all the salt water is in there. You have maybe 80 to 100 pounds of salt in the chlorine genie, and it stays inside there, and it, it injects pure chlorine back to the pool. So I think the 
main hit on the Chlorine Genie is that it costs $4,000 retail, so it's a little more expensive, or I should say substantially more expensive than a saltwater generator. However, it is injecting pure chlorine back into the pool, so you're getting the same benefits of a saltwater generator without bringing the salt level up in the pool to three or 4,000 parts per million. So I think it's a good alternative to a saltwater generator because everything stays inside the Chlorine Genie, and pure chlorine is being injected back into the pool which of course is good because you eliminate the byproduct of having three, you know, 300, 400, 500, 600 pounds of salt in that water, which in the, it's not a really big deal, except that too much salinity or too much salt can cause corrosion in a saltwater pool. So what are some workarounds with all of this? And I think adding a chlorine enhancer is the best way to work around some of these byproducts because then you can add less of them to the pool. For instance, if you had a pool that you're using phosphates and enzyme treatments on, you're going to add a lot less chlorine. So if you're using liquid chlorine, instead of adding a gallon a week, maybe you're adding three-fourths of a gallon. If you have a pool or X in the pool, it's going to reduce your chlorine usage by 30%. If you have borates in the pool, the 50 parts per million, it's going to reduce your chlorine, the amount of chlorine you're going to need in that pool. So the example I gave earlier, the 7.5%, if you wanted to do it with borates at 50 parts per million, it would be 5%. So if your cyanuric acid level was 100 parts per million, but the pool had a borate level of 50 parts per million, then you would only need 5% of free chlorine. Let me go over that one more time for you. The borates actually lower the percentage of free chlorine in the equation that Bob Lowry developed for the cyanuric acid and free chlorine level. So again, if you had a pool with 100 parts per million of cyanuric acid, Without borates in the water, you would need a chlorine free chlorine level of 7.5 parts per million. With the borates at 50 parts per million, you would just need a free chlorine level of 5 parts per million or 5% of the cyanuric acid level. So the borates will significantly reduce the amount of chlorine you're going to be using in the pool. And I think that's the key here. You want to add something to the pool that's not going to have a byproduct that's going to damage the pool, but it's also going to allow you to use less chlorine in the pool, thereby reducing the amount you're adding thereby reducing the byproduct in the pool. For example, if you had a pool RX in your pool and you were using trichlor tablets, you would normally use about three tablets a week, let's say. With the pool RX unit in there, you would use maybe one and a half tablets. Therefore, in a season where you would normally use 50 pounds of trichlor tablets and raise the cyanuric acid by 200 parts per million, you're only going to use, you know, you're still not that great, but you may just use half of that you're going to raise the cyanuric acid by 100 parts per million. Still better, and you can see how these enhancers help out what I mentioned, the saltwater generator. One thing that you can do to lower the byproducts, and I forgot to mention one byproduct with the saltwater generator, and that is the pH is going to be increasing because it's just something that happens when you're generating the chlorine with the salt cell. The sodium hydroxide will go back into the pool, making the pH really unsustainable. It'll be really high in a lot of cases at 8, 8.4. And one of the things you can do to reduce that is to reduce the output of the salt production or the percentage that the salt system is running. So if you had a salt water generator running at 100% and giving you 4 parts per million of chlorine, you can actually reduce that down to maybe 50% in a lot of cases if you have a pool RX in the pool or if you have borates at 50 parts per million. And by lowering the output, you're going to lower the side effect of the pH rising in the pool. So you can see how these enhancers will even help a saltwater generator because you can lower the output because the chlorine is being enhanced that is producing. Therefore, you don't need to run it nearly as long to make that chlorine. In the case of CalHypo, 
you won't need to shock the pool as much. If you're using CalHypo tablets and the skimmer, you probably won't need to shock the pool hardly at all. If you're using a pool RX, using the enzyme and phosphate, or if you're using the borates at 50 parts per million, you don't need to use all three of these. You can use these separately, or you can use them standalone by itself, I should say. And you can, of course, use the pool RX with phosphate and enzymes, and you can use the pool RX with borates at 50 parts per million. But each one of these are a standalone type of enhancer. If you're using the phosphate enzyme treatment, what you're actually doing to the pool is you're freeing up the chlorine to work more effectively. The enzymes will help break down inorganics that the chlorine normally be, would be working on. And the phosphate remover will eliminate one food source for algae, thereby making the chlorine a lot more effective. If you're using the PolarX unit, there's copper and zinc in there that are chelated, which means they're suspended. Now, if you don't like putting metal in your pool, I would say not to use the pool RX, but I've used these in my pool route with no problems. And as long as the metal stays suspended and you don't have a lot of copper in the water, if you're not adding any copper algicides, which you shouldn't be with the pool RX, or if there's no copper coming into the fill water, you're not going to have a problem with the pool RX unit in the pool. So just note that the pool RX actually works by introducing metal ions to the water, which eliminates microalgae from forming, thereby freeing up the chlorine to work more effectively. And then the borates at 50 parts per million. Basically, the borates are an algostat, plus there are a pH buffer or a third buffer. You have three buffers. You have the alkalinity, you have cyanuric acid, and then you have borates. And so they help control the pH level, as well as being a natural algostat, which means algae really can't form in a pool with borates at 50 parts per million. As long as you keep the free chlorine level at the right level, you're not going to have an algae problem. So you can see how these enhancers can free up the chlorine to act and be more effective, thereby reducing the amount you're going to be adding to your pool during the season, and thereby reducing the byproducts that you're going to be adding to the pool. There's no way to get around the byproducts, but there are ways to lessen it. And at the end, if you need to, draining your pool completely or partially will restore the balance of the water back to the normal state before you added the chlorine products, either cyanuric acid to the pool or high levels of it, high levels of salt, or high levels of calcium. By draining the pool down, you're reducing it back to the levels. And you may want to do this every season, every two or three seasons. And this is just dependent on how much salt is in the pool, your total dissolved solids, how much calcium hardness is in the water, and how much cyanuric acid is in the water. And if you're looking for other podcasts that I recorded, I've done a lot of podcasts with Bob Lowry, and we talk a lot in detail about the 7.5% ratio you can find those podcasts with Bob Lowry by going to my website, swimmingprolearning.com. On the banner, click on the podcast icon. In the search box, just type in Bob Lowry, Bob, L-O-W-R-Y, and then the podcast I recorded with him will come up. And you can hear directly from, of course, the legend and expert in the industry about the formula he came up with. If you want to enhance your business, definitely consider my coaching program at poolguycoaching.com. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Have a good rest of your week, and God bless. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. Yeah! Real quick, if you're not using pool service software, try Skimmer free for 30 days at getskimmer backslash poolguy. Again, that's getskimmer backslash poolguy. Skimmer, everything you need to run your pool service business all in one app.